it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Indeed, the phone lines are open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie also joining me in the studio. Bob Osmussen will join us on the telephone coming up. Matthew, how you doing? Doing well, Steve. Good to be back here. Wouldn't be a Monday without uh, seeing you guys. And it's the one day of the week that we see uh, our friend Scott Ritchie in the building, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been mostly working from home, but your Mondays are... He's been working on his... uh pandemic mustache and pandemic mini afro uh, that's just an unfortunate side effect of not <laughs> being able to get a haircut uh no the, the mustache is a choice that, I, that i've made and will keep making yeah, for the foreseeable future but um, mondays are podcast day and radio day so i venture downtown in champagne and <laughs> spend the day in the office and then peace out for another week go back to your self-isolation yeah Bob is staying home these days, but he's working as well. Bob, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? We're hanging in there. What have you been working on? I want to. Uh, one of those things is the um, Hall of Fame class of 2020. You did some some work on that. Your thoughts overall about that class that was announced last week? Uh, I think they did a good job. I I liked all the football guys, of course, in basketball. How could Derek Harper not be included? I think that was a great great choice. I think all the people across the board, Ed, Ed, Adam Terrapelli, uh, Janice Smith, all these people are really well-deserved. Now, as has point, been pointed out, there's only the fourth class. So the first several years, I think the first 10 years, every class you're going to say, wow, that's really good. I think that's going to continue. And then you're going to have people that in the next couple of years that compete that are going to be included down the road. So Io DeSumo, for instance, will probably be a guy we talk about five years from now going to the Hall of Fame. So I think that's I think they're off to a really good start in the first four years. Yeah, it's a it's an impressive class with a solid body of work and you know the Hall of Fame committee doesn't have an, an easy job uh task with them because unlike a lot of other Big Ten schools, you know, Illinois didn't have an athletics hall of fame for, you know, more than a century and just started doing it uh, you know, in twenty 16 so this is only going to be the fourth class and let's just all hope that come september 18th when the induction ceremony is set to take place at state farm center that uh, it all can go on as uh, according to plan and uh yeah don't really have i mean i brought this up i, I think last friday night on <clears throat> on sports talk but basketball wise two names that are going to get in sooner rather than later uh, you'd have to think your Kewan garris and, and brian cook right. uh, garris is the sure the program's second all-time leading scorer cook had a phenomenal career at illinois add frank williams to that list as well a uh, handful of other names sure. i mean that's the thing too is you can't really go wrong with any of these selections in these first you know five to six to like bob said you know first 10 years or so it will be intriguing to me at some point whenever 
they cover all their bases and get the necessary people that need to be in the Hall of Fame, how much they whittle it down each year. I mean, you've seen that each of the first four years with the first class had 28 or 29. Second class right. had roughly 20 or so. Third class only had 16. Now this year's class had 15 individuals. Uh, we'll see if it at some point in the future it can get down so it's, you know, four or five every year where it's a really kind of rare select group. But all in all, uh, really hard to, you know, nitpick or, or complain about anything in, in this latest class. They have missed one. Steve will agree with me. I think, I'm sure Scott and Matt will too. Lauren Tate should be on that list. And I, I'm going to push for that. I think it's logical. He's the only media member. I think we absolutely would 100% say deserves to be in there. He's covered the program for, what, 100 years? <laughs> Almost all of his 88 years. And I think he did. And what I always said, and I said this with uh, some of the other people that have gone in, I want to make sure that they are able to, to enjoy it. And right now, Lauren is with it. He's working as hard as ever. But he needs to be in there. And I hopefully the people that are making those lists and putting those teams together or those uh, Hall of Fames together will listen to that and let Lauren go in there. Lauren would never say deserve to be in it, which I, is nice quality. But I, I think I'm speaking for everybody else. He definitely needs to be in, hopefully, next year. I'm not getting any disagreement here. And uh, Rod Cardinal is another one of those guys mm -hmm. I think who will eventually oh, yeah. be in there. Sure. I agree with Rod, too. You but, and, and Matt's right. There's a bunch of people that deserve to be in. You mentioned that Lauren has been covering Illinois most of his life, and indeed he has, but he's been officially covering Illinois since 1966. He has um, covered 622 Illinois football games in that time. I won't tell you what the team's record is. Well, okay. <laughs> I will tell you there are 108 games under 500 during that wow. time. I've got this little sheet here. This no, that's all right. This graph that uh, has the basketball team and football team's record in the uh, years that he began on the beat. Also, in the years I began on the beat, mm -hmm. and I've covered what I say he had 622 football games. I've been around for 461, and uh, basketball games, 1,672 games for him. So, yes, there, there's some pretty good evidence right there. That, uh, now, it's his fault. It's his fault. So, all of, you know, not your fault, Steve, but Lauren's. Thank well, you, Lauren. Actually, my record is better because I have fewer years, and I'm only – in football, six, 52 games under 500. In I, I will say, not only you know being growing up reading you know columns by Lauren Tate, but also getting the privilege to to be his colleague and you know coworker here for the last seven or eight years. One of the great things that a lot of our readers don't see is just how he interacts uh, with everyone at, at every Illinois sporting event he attends. I mean, there's no one that Lauren does not know, and, and also too, just watching a game with him is pretty entertaining <laughs> in and of itself we could we could just have our own our own, sh our own show devoted to that but uh he's uh, obviously an icon in, in illinois athletics and for someone you know in the pre-internet days that's what you know he was the voice of authority on illinois athletics and, and for the most part still continues to do so to this day and um you know he's he's doing great you know we check in with him weekly i know steve obviously he's been here in studio the last month or so and uh, continues to, to churn out, uh, you know, only work that Lauren Tate can do. On Saturday morning, the last, uh, I mentioned this to you guys uh, before we went on mm -hmm. the air, but for the last four weeks since the game stopped, our mm -hmm. Saturday show has gone overtime. Yeah. 
And Lauren said, I'll sit here all day if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, enjoy you yourself do. because I won't. <laughs> he can't golf. He can't do anything. There's nothing else to do. I think it's great. And uh, Lauren, we sh- Matt's right. We should have a show at some point, like the best best of Lauren. With Lauren, with Lauren in I there as well. Probably more than anybody. Steve has some good stories, but I have some good stories that we probably can't tell. But what, well, one story I will say real quick, and and I think Lauren would get a laugh out of this too, is I think it was either the. 2014 or 2015 Illinois football season opener and uh, it was the Tim Beckman years and, and Illinois was struggling and out of the blue it would I mean we we're in the press box it was it's pretty quiet in the press box obviously you don't cheer in the press box that's well known and, and you don't really uh you know react to plays or anything but something happened in the game and I don't remember exactly what if it happened bad for Illinois or the opponent but uh all Lauren just said out of the blue was what have I done with my life? <laughs> and it was just, that was kind of fitting to bring back to your point you made earlier, Steve, just about all the all the Illinois football games he's covered and some of those teams weren't all that great. That'd be a good title for his next book. <laughs> what have I done with my life? It is 520 here on DWS, Monday Night Sports Talk. Kent Brown, Associate Athletic Director of the U of I, is going to join us after our first break, kind of talk about how business is trying to be um, usual in unusual times. Kent will join us after that. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Stay with us. We're back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. It is 523 Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with you until the 6 o'clock hour. would like to join us. Feel free to do so. Sun is shining, 45 degrees right now in central Illinois. Let's welcome uh, to the program our friend Kent Brown from the U of I Department of Athletics, Associate Athletic Director. KB, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I hope you guys are doing all right. We're hanging in there. We're, um, we haven't seen Bob in like four weeks, so we're all doing He's going to come back well. with a ponytail and a beard. <laughs> 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 Not sure. <laughs> you never know, but... Uh, how are things with you, Kent? You're working from home, as is just about everybody over there. But uh, what? Uh, give us an idea of, uh, is there any normalcy to what you're doing now? You know, I don't know. I, I, I talk to Lovey Smith, you know, every every couple of days, and he always asks, because he's in Scottsdale. He and uh, uh, Mary Ann, his wife, have a place in Scottsdale, Arizona, and so they were out there. It was going to be spring break, and the plan was for him to, you know, come back. Well, then once we had the stay-in-place uh, order, uh, now he just stayed out there. So we talk, and he'll ask how things are going in Illinois, and I just reply, it's just like Groundhog Day again. You know? <laughs> day, I, I get up, I, I come down, I do the elliptical in the morning, I eat breakfast, I come back and sit in my basement and have my computer set up, and video conference and you know we talk you know we we just do all our planning and stuff and and then all of a sudden the day's over uh again and we do it again the next day so um you know we miss all of us are missing live sports right i mean that's a big part of uh, of our lives especially if our if this is what we do for a living and so we all miss it um but we've tried to make the best of it uh, you know we've tried to do some things from a media relations standpoint to, to help out our friends in the the media who cover us, uh, uh, you know, Matt and the News Gazette have been really good 
partners in in uh, doing feature stories on our senior our spring senior athletes that we were able to share both on our website and in the news gazette uh, we've done media calls every day so that's been a big part of our week is uh is setting up uh, and, and coordinating uh, some media calls with our coaches and athletes with every one of our coaches our head coaches was on uh, one of our athletes from every sport um, was interviewed and so there's we've gotten quite a bit of mileage out of that to tell their stories about the emotions that they went through um, going through this crisis and and then it's just been a lot of uh, you know like I said video conferencing we've all gotten to know zoom really well and teams and Skype and, and everything else that to uh, communicate so we can see each other and and um, and so it's a, a lot of planning a lot of meeting where wish we were together but we just can't be so and there are a lot of things that you have to do because I mean you don't know what's going to happen in the fall so you're still working on media guides and scheduling and all that kind of stuff too right yeah you know we're, we're talking a lot I mean like I know our, our uh, basketball tickets went on sale last week and um, we also announced our Hall of Fame class last week, and so we've done stuff around that. But there's a lot of planning in place going into um, the summer and fall because this is the time we start looking ahead, and right. So there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on. I know Josh uh, has a daily every every morning. He and the athletic directors and the commissioner uh, talk every day, and sometimes sometimes more than once a day about what's going on and. And Josh has even said, you know, this is a time, he goes, he goes, I'll be honest with you, he goes, we're probably closer as a group than we've ever been. It's not always for the reason, the right reasons, because we don't want to be talking about, you know, the coronavirus and how it's affecting us. But he goes, man, I can tell you what, we've got a, we've become very close as a working group, and they're all in lockstep with each other. So a lot of times some of these meetings and then the information gets passed down um, as, as needed to the rest of our areas that we work with whether it's fundraising or uh the uh sport administrators or uh areas like myself in the sports information office or our marketing staff and so yeah we're doing a lot of planning we meet uh we talk you know several times a week with different groups about next fall and what the, what our plans are going to be and and you know there's so much speculation all, all you can do is kind of guess right and and know that we've got some deadlines later this summer um, that will probably dictate, you know, some of the things that are going to happen. And so hopefully um, come September, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have some kind of normalcy, but we just don't know where, where we're going to be yet. Go ahead, Bob. Kent, have you thought about games, be it football or basketball, with no fans in the stands? Has that dawned on you? Have you kind of tried to picture that? And what do you think that would be like for, both for the kids and for the media and for the fans themselves? I think about games every day, Bob. I just wish they were playing. What? We were playing them, uh, but, right? But I, you know, I, you know, those, those are the types of of contingencies that an athletics director and and Josh and the other ads, really every ad in the country, has to be thinking about um, what all contingencies would meet would be based on what's happening at that time, and so. Um, could we? Yeah, I mean, sure. There's always there's ways to get around that, but you know, uh, would it be safe to have a game in a stadium with no fans, but yet the players are all right next to each other and student athletes are top priority? And so, with everything, there comes a a counter uh, a, a argument or a counter something that would counter what you're doing. Um, you know, 
you know, fans are a big part of the college athletic scene, a big part of the, of the right. professional athletic uh, scene, and, um, you know, play such an important role, and that's why they play the games or for the fans who are in the stands. Um, television is a big play, is a big part of it as well, right? I mean, the television coverage, that's where right. I mean, a lot of revenue is driven from. Um, so it's, it's all, you know, all those things are, it's, it's, it's the speculation is based on so much unknown, but you have to have some kind of a plan in place. And it would really probably be malpracticed by the athletic directors. If they weren't planning, planning for the worst, hoping for the best. Uh, but knowing that somewhere in the middle there, there's probably going to be is where you're going to land and how do we react to that and be ready for it. Can how much did you miss the Cubs? Go ahead, Bob. Well, I tell you, I, I told I, the other Sorry. day you said about the Cubs. The other day I, I heard a, uh, uh, I get the marquee channel. I have DirecTV. I get the marquee channel. And last week was walk-off week for the Cubs. They won <laughs> every night. It was undefeated. And I went to bed happy every night. It was fantastic. <laughs> Kent, obviously, a, a event that uh, a lot of college football fans look forward to, and uh, media does as well. This is just the Big Ten media days uh, every summer uh, up in Chicago, and all of those are usually in you know mid to late July. In any of your you know Zoom meetings, conference calls, things like that, has thought of that been postponed, or is it just too early? Or you're just kind of waiting to see what direction you know the Big Ten steers everyone in. Yeah, so it's, it's a little too early. And, and, yes, the Big Ten SIDs are meeting and talking about different things. That's been part of the agenda. Uh, but it's really it's a little too early to talk about it. And it won't be just the the uh, the Big Ten Conference or the athletics directors who drive this. This will mm-hmm. be our, the health yeah. uh, officials, right? They'll be telling us in, in, in our governor and, and, who are in, and really the governors of many states mm-hmm. and probably the, up to Washington, D.C., uh, to tell us, you know, what we're going to be able to do. So it's a little bit early to talk about it uh, or, or have any decision on it, but we can talk about what we hope to do. And there's ways to do virtual, right? We yeah. can do, we can do. There's ways to get around it. It's not ideal. Part of that event is the um, uh, extra, extraordinary uh, coming together of all the different the 14 schools. You see all the athletes together, the coaches together, fans from every school together. The luncheon on the second day is a pretty special event. No one, no one else in the country does an event like that. Uh, but that's, you know, over a thousand people in a room together, uh, watching the, the coaches, you know, talk, and it's, it's really special. Um, but that's a, it's a big, it's a big two-day period for the conference, and so uh, a lot of things are based on that. But um, you know, we'll we'll be following the lead of of the you know, the, the health officials, you know, what, what goes on with that. But it's something we talk about. And again, we're going to have to have a plan, you know, at some point prepared to whatever direction we go. Kent, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, the hall of fame class was announced, um, here this month. And, uh, was that always the plan or did circumstances move that up? And I mean, how just, how nice was it to have some good news you know, to share you know, at this time? Yeah, you know, uh, originally we had hoped to announce that class. Uh, we've been announcing it in late February, and um, and so that was really the plan was to announce it uh, that maybe that last week in February. And but but it's all kind of based also on on Josh's schedule because one of the things that Josh gets to do, and he will he would always say is one of his favorite things is is make those phone calls to the uh, the Hall of Fame member uh, class and. Uh, and so we were kind of waiting on Josh to do that, to get to, to make those phone calls. And he got caught up in some busy 
his schedule got messed around. And so we had to, we got through the first, um, you know, the first couple of weeks of, of March and he hadn't made all the phone calls yet. And then, uh, COVID-19 hit. And so that shut down everything. And so he was obviously, you know, all of a sudden booked solid, at least those first three weeks or so of trying to settle, uh, our student athletes, our staff, trying to get everybody in a spot where we could be productive and safe. And then finally, last week or, or a couple weeks ago, he was able to take a day and um, and make the phone calls to all the Hall of Famers. And so that kind of precipitated our, our announcement. But it was, a, it was a moving target there for several weeks. We kind of waited Josh to, to get his calls done. Um, it's very important to him and, and to, to be able to talk to as many people as he can on the in the class and and once he got that done, we were able to release it. So I thought it was great. We had, I thought, a great turnout of the uh, Living Hall of Famers on the, with the media calls and stuff. And very excited to hear Kevin Hardy and Mo Gardner and Gia Lewis-Smallwood. And, uh, you know, Derek Harper the other day was great. I mean, all of them have great stories. And so we've been very fortunate in that uh, the last week or so to have all those, all those folks be able to join us. Talking things over with Kent Brown, Associate Athletic Director in charge of uh, sports information at the U of I. Wisconsin has said uh, no to having spring sports seniors back. Talk a little bit about the uh, discussions here at the U of I regarding that. Uh, Some of the athletes have said they would like to come back. Um, How was that decision arrived at? And and just tell me the the day-to-day sequence of how that's being implemented. So, yeah, you know, soon after um, all the spring sports were canceled, um, you know, the NTA made an announcement very quickly that uh, they would likely allow uh, an extra year of eligibility for all spring sport athletes. And so that threw up a – there's a lot of issues that come along with that, you know, from scholarships to roster sizes to um, all kinds of – financial implications uh a lot of those kids were going to especially the seniors were graduating maybe they had jobs out there already set up or internships or whatever and so it became a a big issue to try to figure out kind of wade through all the different uh, issues with that so soon after that was done uh, i know that josh had several different people in our department uh look at either um the financial implications if because we had 27 senior athletes who um, would have who would have used up their final year of eligibility this spring and there, and to be honest with you there really wasn't a lot of uh, movement or wasn't a lot of uh, support from anyone in the, across the country to add to the winter sports so unfortunately those sports you know the basketball gymnastics hockey um, had their sports ended before they could do their championship seasons but there just wasn't an appetite from anybody really across the country to, to add to their uh, their eligibility. So it was really only spring sports. So there was 27 of those athletes on our campus, um, and so they did a survey at that time and said, hey, if you were offered an opportunity to, to come back for another year, uh, would you be interested? And about 16 of the 27 responded uh, that they would be interested. And so at that point um, – we were able to uh, put together some financial numbers of what that might cost us and, and uh, in different scenarios. And there was a lot of discussions at the Big Ten. Um, and then once the NCAA 
uh, came down with their ruling that yes, they could come back. They would they would extend the roster limits to include uh, the seniors who would be returning. That you could extend your uh, scholarship level uh, to include the amount of scholarship aid that was giving to the to the returning athletes. Um, then that gave us some parameters to work with. And so uh, there was a discussion with the coaches, um, especially the spring sport coaches specifically, of, of what they, you know, how they felt this would work. Uh, could they make it work? Um, what they thought was the right way to do it. Um, how this would maybe affect recruiting if they, you know, you did or you didn't. Uh, those type of things. And at the end, uh, Josh, I think, really made the the right call and I, I was very proud because there was a lot of discussion that went both ways and then at the end of the day everybody's on the same page but um to decide that we're going to allow you know those seniors to come back next year at the same scholarship level that they're at this year and um and so they they went back to the to that senior group and said okay how many of you this is the parameters this is the rules now this is what we're working with you can come back if you want um but you'll be competing. You'll be using at the same uh, same scholarship level that you're at this year. What what do you what would you like to do? And so we heard back from 15 that would positively uh, use that next year. And of course that number could change, right? I mean that's that's where we're at today. I mean, depending on what Major League Baseball draft could change the outcome of somebody like that, or uh, maybe the job market changes, and maybe somebody who said they weren't going to come back now says they want to but right now the numbers of 15 that would want to come back and so those those 15 will be welcome back next year um but you know for future years you know you also have those incoming classes that are coming in so you have to figure those into the roster sizes because after one year the roster moves back to the normal the, the regulation rules that the NCAA set and so um from there on the coaches will have to make some decisions on those athletes who have the fifth year of eligibility, uh, do they want them back or not? And those will all be left up to the coach to decide, um, you know, what their what those what the status of those athletes will be. So, um, if they, I think pretty much, you know, when they when student athletes come to the University of Illinois, we guarantee them a um, a uh, a uh, degree, University of Illinois degree, and four years of of competition. And that fifth year is not guaranteed to anybody. Um, so. Uh, many of those, I'm sure, would be invited uh, to back for their fifth year, but there will be some that probably won't be invited back for their fifth year after they've uh, concluded their four years here. Well, Kent, you mentioned you know hockey players among those in the winter sports that aren't going to get that year back, and that doesn't affect Illinois yet. But I guess have those conversations and what uh, what Josh has been doing is that taking a back seat during this time? Has there been obviously? You know, several more issues on his plate, or are those still maybe progressing as they have been for the last couple of years? If you want to announce that Illinois is getting hockey more than welcome <laughs> no, that not, here in this yeah. void. You won't hear that announcement <laughs> from me, but, uh, uh, you know, I know Josh, you know, Warren Hood plays such a big role in our hockey uh, plans and, and what's going to moving forward with that, trying to move that needle all the way to the end, get that to the end of the, the deal. Um they're, they're continuing to still talk with the different uh, constituents involved in that project. Um, it, it may have slowed down the process a little bit, but it certainly has not stopped. Uh, I still think everybody feels good about where we're headed and where we're going to end up. We're just not there yet. So 
but yes, there have been several other issues that have taken up uh, priority, you know, over this over the last four weeks um, to before we get to that far. But that Warren has has continued to uh, meet and talk and um, be a part of that process and pushing that process along on a probably a daily basis. I don't I can't speak for him on for sure it'd be every day, but I bet it's almost every day he's been involved in that. So hopefully that, uh, you know, we'll still end up in a good spot. You know, uh, Josh normally does a uh, June media roundtable uh, type thing, and I think several of you guys have been there part of that. We're still planning to do that in June. We're, I think Josh is probably going to be available next week for kind of a, a one-month update into the coronavirus uh, pause. But we'll still do something in June, and, and I'm sure, you know, by the time we get to June, Josh will much have a much better idea of where we're at with that. Hopefully we can have some some additional news for it. Bob, uh, stand by, Bob. i got a phone call here. We're going to try to get on here with uh, Kent. Go ahead, Eric. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, uh, Kent, I had a quick question. Uh, do you envision any scenario where if the students aren't back on campus that there would be athletics uh, happening if that was the case? We're going to get Kent back. I, uh, my mistake, I, I punched you on the air, Eric, and punched him off. So, All right. Question? <laughs> yeah, we'll get him back, and uh, we'll get the question to him when we get him back. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I think, though, you, Matt, the, the students really need to be here. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me seems kind of the next logical step in, in having uh, athletics uh, on a college campus, not even just here at the University of Illinois, but uh, across the country, because without – students on campus i don't know how you could say that you could bring back student athletes just student athletes to have games i understand the you know want and desire to have college athletics but if regular students aren't allowed back on campus i don't see how you could make the exception for for student athletes got kent back put that uh, in the book kent uh, the official scorebook as a turnover (laughs) on uh, yours truly but the question was, uh, you probably heard it, uh, or at least part of it, about having students back on campus taking classes um, back, you know, in town here before sports could resume. I would assume that would have to be the case. I heard, you know, Matt talk a little bit about it, but I would assume that would have to be the case. But, you know, um, there's, there are so many things. I mean, athletics is, is one part of what happens on this campus uh, during the school year. I know that students would much rather be here on campus than studying at home. Um, I know that we would much rather have everybody back on campus than moving. But until that, we're at a point where everybody feels safe about it, then that's probably not going to happen. So I would probably uh, tend to agree that we would need to have everybody back in some kind of normal classroom situation before we would be able to um, have, have our contest played. Okay, Bob, one more from you for Ken Brown. Good on my hey Camp. We were talking about this before you came on with us. The Hall of Fame. I've contended for our, forever that Lauren Tate should be in in the Hall of Fame. Tell me if that's a possible and b likely. I know you're involved heavily, so tell me your thoughts. <laughs> don't put him on the spot well, or anything, Bob. I don't care. You know what? I want to hey, know. I want hey, Lauren in. I respect I respect Lauren as much as and I count Lauren as a friend and I know there's probably many coaches and SIDs over the years that probably didn't say that because Lauren doesn't always make everybody happy but I will tell you I respect Lauren as much as anybody and no one has covered Illinois athletics um, uh, as certainly as in depth as Lauren has over the many decades that he's been around 
However, our certain Hall of Fame, our, our current Hall of Fame bylaws uh, uh, don't include uh, media members. Uh, that doesn't mean that somebody, mm-hmm. someday you may not be able to change that. Right now it's, it's coaches and, and athletes only. Um, and so, uh, it would not, we don't have a spot for, for folks like Lauren. Um, but someday, you know, and I know, uh, I would always tell Lauren this too. He's at his age, you know, every day is, is, is a good day for when you get to be his age. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe we'll, at some point we'll be able to change our bylaws and, and start including them. I will tell you, catching up for 130 years of, of athletics, this is our fourth Hall of Fame class. Yeah, this is a great class, and so we are we got we've got 80 members in our class right now. Uh, we have got hundreds of of athletes and coaches who are incredibly, um, uh, you know, well uh, their their records stand for themselves and, and need to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but Lauren is, is one of those very special people and, and maybe someday we'll be able to, to, to squeeze him in one of those classes. Who's in charge of the bylaws? <laughs> well, there are several of us, you know, I can write them, but that doesn't mean I get to approve them. So, uh, okay. you know, there's, there's a, does. <laughs> Bob, this would be a great, this would be a great, uh, project for you to take on and, uh, in your career. <laughs> I'll do it. And Kent, it's obvious I didn't screen Bob's questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not sure that last one would have made it. (laughs) Bob's had this talk with me before. I know. I know what Bob's feelings are on that. A lot. I have no problem in in doing it, but I just know that right now that that's not where we're we're not set up for that. But uh, uh, there'll be, hey, there are several athletes over time that probably would uh, probably turn in their Illini card if Lauren got into the Hall. (laughs) <laughs> good point. KB, you've been uh, generous with your time. We appreciate it. Always good to catch up with you. And uh, hang in there, buddy. Yeah, anytime. You know, there's just so much uh, uh, free time. I don't want to say free time, but, man, that's all we do is sit around and speculate and watch and and uh, and talk about stuff, which is uh, um, just interesting times, you know, and hopefully we'll get about out through this and back to some kind of normal normal activities soon man i know everybody's dying to get outside and either golf or walk or play softball or baseball or whatever and i feel bad i feel horrible for the senior high school kids who um you know they they, this is this is a big year in their lives Mm -hmm. and to have it especially those spring sports the track and baseball and softball players uh have that taken away from them uh like this is just sad because uh they, they put a lot of this and then how about the Olympic athletes? You know, the other day we heard Dia Lewis Smallwood talk about, and she's 41 years old. She's competing. She's trying to earn a spot on the 2020 Olympic team uh, in the discus. And, you know, how many years does she have left? You know, mm-hmm. probably not too many. And, she, and every day is, is trying to get ready for that. And, and so I feel really bad for those. But I really feel bad for those high school seniors who don't get a chance to participate that last, maybe that last semester of their senior year because that's, uh, that's a special time. Good stuff, Ken. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right, you guys hang no in there. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, you bet. Thanks, Ken. Ken Brown with us from uh, the U of I Sports Information Office. We need to take a break here at 549 on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Feed the birds, feed your soul. 552 Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 
6 o'clock tonight. Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Thanks to Ken Brown for spending uh, some time with us talking about uh, various things. Let's talk basketball and the transfer portal now is up to uh, just about 800. Scott Ritchie, what's, uh, what's the latest there? Well, there have been several transfers that Illinois you know, has at least expressed some interest in uh, that have picked other destinations mm-hmm. at this point. Um, the latest um, is one that, uh, that cut his list and didn't include Illinois you know, about a week and a half ago. Was, uh, kid with champagne ties, Jamarius Burton uh, from Wichita State. Uh, actually, you know, grew up in Champaign before he moved to Charlotte for high school, but he just uh, committed to Texas Tech. So Illinois is still looking. Um, well, I think the big we'll, thing we'll see what happens. I, mean, I, I think the big thing April. with the the transfers is what Brad Underwood said uh, last week or so is that they want to get guys in that fit their culture right, and they're not just going after guys at all. And they can be very selective on on who, if any, they want to add. And obviously, with Alan Griffin and Tevin Jones transferring, and then Kofi Coburn declaring for the draft, although he could still possibly come back, there are some scholarships open, but. Uh, it's finding that right piece, and you're not going to bring in a guy that's going to be expected to be your leading scorer and team leader. He's just going to kind of come in and, and fill a role. And uh, so, Brad and his staff, if they do go the transfer market, that's you know kind of what uh, what they're looking for. And, and one, I guess, more recent name to, to keep an eye on is uh, Trevor Lakes, and it's not a Division One transfer. Uh, he played last year, well, his first. Three years at uh, University of Indianapolis. Uh, it's a Division two program. Six seven, two hundred thirty pound forward, but uh, shooter. Shooter, yeah. I mean, average. I mean, he's a career forty percent three point shooter. He would have to sit one, play one, which I think Brad Underwood does prefer. You know, uh, the sit out transfer. Just you know, he said there's no real downside in that, yeah, in his opinion. So that's you know one name at least on the the transfer market. Uh, even you know, I think if you add all the Division two transfers to the Division one, it's like probably 13 1400 at this point and there's another name who is not on the transfer market but uh, has illinois on his list musa cisse is his name he's a big guy got some other <laughs> big uh, blue bloods on the list as well but illinois made his top 10 tell us more about him yeah well and there's uh some connections there because he played uh, his at least his freshman season with kofi coburn at christ the king uh in queens so uh you know, he started you know his career there in New York, so in Orlando Antigua's recruiting grounds. Uh, then he transferred last summer to um, I'm going to butcher this name because I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Lausanne Collegiate School in Memphis, uh, and pretty well dominated <laughs> as a junior. Averaged 21 points, 14 rebounds, and ab- about nine blocks. Won a state title. Was <laughs> nine the, blocks. Yeah, was the Mr. Basketball uh, in Tennessee. And they do it a little differently than, El- than Illinois does. I think they have multiple winners kind of based on division. But uh, clearly was their Mr. Basketball for the, the Division two Class A. So uh, I remember watching him as a freshman because uh, – Christ the King had a, a televised game on ESPN against Archbishop Malloy in you know the the New York State playoffs, and even at that point he was kind of backing up Kofi Coburn, but like he was that rim runner, rim protector, big man. So need to take a break at five fifty six, and we're back with some final words after this. Yeah, we've got about a minute left here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Matt Daniels coming up this weekend, the 88th News Gazette 
All-State Boys Basketball Team. Yeah, project uh, headline by uh, Scott Ritchie, our beat writer, who's been uh, hard at work on it for the past few months or so. And uh, we'll have our Player of the Year feature, uh, which I think Illinois fans will enjoy reading about. Slight tease there. And then... 15-player uh, first team, 15-player second team, special mention 15, honorable mention 100, recognizing you know the state's top high school basketball players from this past season. Good job, Scott, in advance. Yes, thank you. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good to see you. Thanks, Thanks. to Bob Osmussen as well, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help on Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.